0: If more of you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. I right? <laughs> <God, laughs> remember it. Guys,
1: The blubbity-blah. The blubbity-blah. Sending out good vibes. The blubbity-blah. Good vibes. The blubbity-blah. Good vibes. The blubbity-blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude
2: and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. <laughs> if more you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts.
3: of ectoplasm and they compared it to like childbirth and you know there were uh, it was very dramatic a lot of memes would convulse while they produced it so it's just, it's, just, it's just this very bizarre topic
0: okay guys welcome back to uh, a little interjected episode of the grammarica show we're sneaking this one in because we didn't get the bonus episode out because all hell went down, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But first, uh, let me welcome Graham Podcast Assassin Dunlop.
2: Hey, buddy, how's it going, man? All right. This is for uh, this episode is actually for Shannon Taggart, though. The a fantastic chat with her about the uh, search for ectoplasm and her photography and seances and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. We talked about the history of spiritualism and. Famous scientists and how they're spiritual, Ouija boards, orbs, shamanism. Fuck, it was a fun one.
0: That's right. Brody's first app. Yeah, that's right.
2: So this actually might even be on YouTube as a video as well. I think she's got some pictures that will pop in here. Oh
0: yeah, That'd I think cool. this is our yeah. first video episode. Wow, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. And then the next one might not be because. <laughs> oh no! I think they all are now. I no, I
2: don't know. We might have. We'll so we see. so we had to cancel Sunday. So we had two recordings scheduled for Sunday. Yes. So, this is for if people haven't heard the news yet. We, we got, got well, we've got, we've here. had
0: more than one person accuse you of trying to take me out so oh. that you could fucking oh, like t- take over America. Oh, that's
2: a good one. Turn into America.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. I wasn't expecting that.
2: Geez, I've heard a couple <clears> people <throat> accuse your wife, too, take you out. So, you got a lot of enemies going on
0: here. Yeah. Right? Well, or the deep state.
2: The deep state. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I might as well just do it. Yeah, a, let's
2: like start from scratch because a lot of people haven't heard what happened.
0: Okay, so I was uh asleep.
2: Saturday night? Saturday. Actually we were all online that night, right?
0: Saturday Hiven. night. Yeah, that's right. We were I was in the studio talking to you guys like oh, you were two bed hours bed. before that. Really? Yeah. I was I went in the house at midnight.
2: Did you have a gut feeling or anything like that? No,
0: I was just like, ah, I'm tired. I going to go into bed. And go I, into bed? Yeah. Go to bed. Go, go to bed. Into bed. Yeah. So I went to bed <laughs> and uh go. Bed. I didn't, I didn't, I woke up. I wasn't sure what the fuck was going on. I didn't, I don't remember hearing the noise, but Lisa right away was like, she thought a plane crashed. There wow. was so fucking loud. Really? And I, I like it. Woke, you didn't hear it. It woke me up, but I didn't know what had woke me up.
2: Right, right, right. You kind of. And yeah. she
0: knew right away. She was like, she had woke up because she wasn't really, I was in a deep sleep. She wasn't.
2: Was she flipping
0: out or? Oh yeah, she was freaking. And so she had looked out. She woke up, heard the bang, looked out the back window and seen the fucking cops tackling Buddy and dragging him off. No. Yeah. So she wakes up and I'm like fucking looking out. There's a helicopter spotlight out in my backyard. <laughs> the cops had already taken Buddy out of the backyard by that point. So I didn't see it. Out of the, your
2: neighbor's backyard? Out of the neighbor's okay. backyard
0: by that point. Um, so yeah, then I go look out the front window. And there's just fucking cops everywhere, cops <laughs> in my garage, in around the studio, holy in the fuck. garage, oh, fucking I didn't realize, all out like, in even front of the house. Time, like, yeah, so what like, were they all
2: doing in here then? If the guy had fucking escaped,
0: that's what I'm saying. What? Oh well, yeah, we'll get what do to you mean, that. That's what we'll I'm saying. We'll get to that. What,
2: I, I haven't heard you say anything. Well, because it
0: about- I, I gets pretty, it gets strange by the end of it. Actually, oh fuck. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. I haven't. So I'm purposely. We, we haven't really gone into too many details about this because we did kind of want to save a little bit of it for, for the show. So I'm in the dark on a lot of this stuff, especially. So let's. So start. then I
0: go to go outside to see what the fuck's going on. And they're just like, get in the house and lock the door. What? So I come in and lock the door. And I'm like, so I'm looking out my windows trying what? to see what the fuck's going they on. They wouldn't
2: even let you come out and check, check no. out your thing?
0: No. So I'm looking out the windows and I can see the garage doors open. And I'm like, well, is someone trying to break into the studio or what, what's going on? So So just for people
2: to know, like we have a, the igloo is a a, a studio inside the garage. Yeah, it's a walk-in freezer built
0: in the corner of the garage. Yeah. So then Lisa's like, well, I heard a bang. Maybe it was someone kicking in the door and fucking trying to rob the studio. Like, so we're looking out and I can see the doors open. I can see a bunch of flashlights in here. Like, okay, so I went over to the other window a little farther down the house. You get a better angle. And then I'm looking and I can see the fucking, a signal light, like just. Blinking in the garage through the man door. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I could see like where the garage door had ripped off and had fallen in. I thought that was the panels of the igloo. And I was like, fuck me. The studio's fucking destroyed. There's a blinking light in the fucking studio. I think someone drove through the fucking garage. Yeah. And the cops are here investigating. Right. Because I don't know how quick everything happened. And then, like, so then I finally get to come outside and I come outside and I'm like, what in the fuck? Like, so how, how,
2: did, how did you know that you just knew you could, you, you're like, fuck this, I'm going to go outside? No, eventually
0: I just fucking, yeah, I could see them that they had thrown Buddy in the car. And then I was just like, I'm going outside. Yeah. So I went outside and they're like, hey. <laughs> and I, I like walked by the man door of the garage and I could see that the studio was still intact. So, but I could also see that there's a vehicle in the garage. Like <laughs> that didn't belong there. <laughs> so I'm like, but I couldn't get a real good look. It's pitch black. So then I went out front and I was just like, holy fuck. And like the tree's missing. The tree's, like, ripped off, and it's in my driveway. And that's a
2: pretty decent-sized tree. Like, it's probably eight inches of foot foot in diameter.
0: But I couldn't even see the fucking, my fucking uh, car. I can't even see it. And it's, like, I see this SUV.
2: Your car? Your wife's car? Your wife's car. You can't see your wife's
0: car? No. And there's this Mercedes SUV there, and I, like, you have to come, like, all the way around the SUV before you can even see the car. And it's just, like, the roof's, like, peeled off of it, and it's just destroyed.
2: Your car, your mom, you, your wife's
0: car. Yeah. And then it's like smashed into my fucking truck and my truck's all fucking crushed in and the wheels all bent.
2: And the garage door is taking the, both, off the garage door fucking post. garage
0: doors are gone. The center post, the whole front of the garage is like gone.
2: Yeah. And the, even the doors, back side, the is, thing, the side of the And then like garage.
0: six feet of this wall is fucking ripped right off. He came within four feet of hitting this corner of the igloo.
2: And, and, and the, the stuff in your garage came within inches of the igloo. Yeah, well, Seriously, it smashed
0: like... into all that shit, which pushed it all towards the igloo. Yeah. I mean, the igloo got Ding, jolted bro. enough that stuff fell off the walls. Really? Yeah. That's... Well, I don't know if that happened from, you know, there was shit on the floor in here. So I don't know if that happened from cops running around or what the fuck. But, you know... That that shit all got bumped into, and it's all attached. So I'd imagine the igloo got a jolt. Yeah, because it's like solid shit from here to the fucking door. Yeah, yeah, door. to the accident, yeah. and that thing came fucking. You know, so
2: so the story is there was a guy, there was cops chasing. There was supposedly a, guy. a cop
0: chase. Yeah, more than like there's a whack of people that think it's and it's a Mercedes too. That's what Buddy was driving. Hastings that can get hacked. Oh. So this Mercedes comes down my street. It had to be doing 140 kilometers. You'd
2: you'd think, yeah.
0: Because it came through two fucking bushes, a snowbank, a fucking tree before it hit my wife's car and absolutely leveled it. Then still hit my truck, leveled that, took off the whole front of the garage and finally stopped when it hit the telephone pole. Yeah. So, yeah, fucking. And the thing is, there's that big, huge boulder, decorative boulder my neighbors have. He missed that by like fucking six inches. It's, if not, he it, it's
2: not fake, though, is it? It's no, a real it's decorative.
0: Boulder. Like a, It's a boulder that's there for decoration. It weighs almost a ton, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. So and if you were your if, little protective fox, or your wolf. I keep calling it a the fox. The wolf. Your little yeah. wolf outside. If you would have hit
0: the rock, the igloo wouldn't fucking exist.
2: You think that they would have gotten launched off the rock and into the igloo? Yeah, and it would have just be fucking Destroyed gone. the studio. Yes, be
0: nothing left of it. So the igloo's standing, luckily. That's a bonus. We had no internet for a day, day and a half. And we had um, two
2: podcasts scheduled that Sunday that we had the schedule. Like, yeah. We had a rare Sunday, a couple podcasts. Uh,
0: yeah. Now, the big problem now is that they're like 50 50. And the engineers coming in the next week, they're coming tomorrow to tear off all this drywall.
2: Well, this is the, the, the okay. main problem, not considering all the little shit. Well, not considering all the shit. The I've already spent hundreds this of other dollars. Cra-
0: now, so get this. Well, let's get to the igloo shit first before we get to the fucking bullshit. Okay. Um. So they're coming tomorrow. They're taking off all the drywall off this wall. I can see that, you know, the first four studs or whatever are completely ripped apart, ripped out. And I can see that the next couple, it slid, uh, slid out of where it's supposed to be. And then I can't, it's hard to tell. So they're going to decide, they're going to come here and they're going to decide if the garage has shifted off its foundations. And if that's the case, they're tearing down the garage.
2: Now, and then the key is then, can they tear down the garage around the igloo and rebuild it without us fucking moving this thing?
0: That's right. Which, Which we kind of wanted
2: con. to move it. I mean, we wanted to move out of here. We wanted like to move out of here like
0: a year, year uh, we and a just half. Because it's just, it we're not at the level we need to be able to afford rent. Yeah. Yeah. So we were thinking in like a year, year and a half from now, we might be. Um, so right now, the hope is that they'll just fix the garage and the igloo just stays here. And we get a couple of new doors and we're good. Just, just stay put for a year. Um, if they tear down the garage and the igloo can stay, we can probably work it out through it. We'll tarp it or something so we yeah. can just stay here. Uh, if the contractor says the igloo has to go because it's in the way, then we're fucked. Well, we're not fucked, but we're tearing down the igloo, dismantling it, and... We don't know yet. I mean, honestly, right now we can't really afford rent. I mean,
2: I don't even want to dismantle this thing. It's a fucking pain. It's like yeah. hundreds of pounds of each each panel. It's not. A- That's right, and
0: we can't af- definitely can't afford to hire someone. And the other thing is, we can't afford rent, so we don't know what we're going to do yet, and we don't know how bad it's going to get. So everyone, just right now, the main thing is just cross your fingers. Yeah and send good vibes that the garage is fixable and that the igloo can stay put. Cause if yeah. we have to move, it's going to be a sad day, dismantling this thing. And you know, we're not really in the position to be looking for a new place yet. And we don't, we'd, we'd really just stay put for a year. So hopefully the garage is fixable. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. And then, and, and then, I mean, honestly, when we do move this thing, it's going to be one more move. And then if we, even, you want to keep it, I mean, I'm, I mean, we could probably make a, you know, a balsa wood studio that's, just as good for sound and Balsa fifty whip. times as light. I mean,
0: you I even mean, have a hell of a time. You know what
2: I mean? Like this have is a not tel- really t- hell of a time, in time this really like a modular thing that we were sold when we bought it.
0: <laughs> it's pretty good though. <laughs> so that's the hope. Everyone needs to cross your fingers. I mean, all that other little shit aside. I'd like to give a huge shout out. We did have a bunch of people oh rally God, when they yeah. seen the social media and send some good vibes and. Made a couple one-time donations that are, are definitely helped dealing with, you know, we had to tarp it off. The insurance company just left us sort of high and dry, so I had to go and buy lumber and tarps to fucking patch it for a few days. And they're saying now because it's a stolen vehicle, the best they'll do is you, you, the liability goes away from the owner of the vehicle. So now what they'll do for all my deductibles and everything is they'll try and sue this motherfucker that stole the car.
2: Who's that? The insurance company's going to try and sue yeah. them? and if they your, can't get Because them? you have a $500 deductible on your- Each car and- There's the, a 500
0: the, on the cars and then a 250 on the tenant for the right. shit that got wrecked. The lawnmower and all that stuff.
2: And your, all the lawn furniture yeah. and all the shit that yeah. was in the garage.
0: So that's like 1250 in deductibles. That they're saying if they can't get out of this felon- that's not going to have any money. He was already wanted before he stole these cars. So I doubt this guy's RESPs that they could, or RSSPs are going to sue him for to pay me between the deductibles and everything else. And I have to go out and buy car seats now because my car seats get condemned and all the insurance. I mean, I'm I'm hoping still. My, my, my initial fucking run-ins with the insurance company so far aren't super good, and I'm not fucking you looking forward. You don't
2: get forward. a comfy feeling I'm from I'm not really church.
0: looking forward to see what they're going to offer me for my Impala. I just paid it off for 16 grand like two years ago, and I'm guessing they're going to offer me like six. Yeah. So I'm not looking forward to a bunch of shit. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is that, I mean... I don't want to say too much, but I'm nearly certain that the cops fucking were in hot pursuit of this guy. And that's why he came into my shit at 120, 130 miles an hour, kilometers an hour. And they're not allowed to do that. I mean, it was literally fucking less than a minute before we're looking out the back window. And by the time I look out the back window, buddy's already gone and arrested. Lisa's looking out almost instantly and watching him get arrested. So I think they ran him off the fucking road or they had something set up out front here to try and block them. Oh, they even yeah, had the came around They corner even and had the fucking dogs fucking, ready to go.
2: Oh, and the helicopter. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the helicopter the helico- was supposed to be chasing him and what protocol no, says? What is the helicopter is well. just supposed to watch? And then when they get back out, out of town, then he tells he's say, following the guy so they know where to reconvene when he's out of town. But I think they tried to cut him off here at the road. Or something. Cuz you're like happened.
2: the second last house before the little area.
0: I'm the third last house before you're out of the residential zone.
2: Third last. Yeah. Third, okay. So, and it's just sort of on a corner in a way too. So, I mean, yeah. But but before we move on to the some of the other little niggly things, I mean, we do want to thank everybody for their initial like support. I mean, people sending texts and good vibes and social media stuff and very supportive. And then, of course, the you know a bunch of conspiracy theories coming out of the woodwork as well, which is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, this is probably the only fucking garage in town that has a podcast broadcast out of it. So it's something to think about. We just talked to Cliff I, we're talking to Randall tonight.
2: Yeah, and yeah. we were going to chat on Sunday. Well, remember that thing with, uh, with what's his name?
0: uh was Sunday, was Banal of America, and the conspiracy, and the conspiracy guys, guys fucking yeah. swap cast. That so, is interesting.
2: So what... What about um, so? Okay, let's dig into a little bit more about your insurance challenges and the cops and stuff too. So,
0: our oh, insurance is ridiculous.
2: So this is the problem. Some, they were pretty some good at getting in, me cars in, right away. They yeah. got
0: us rentals pretty quick, but the car seats are not. You know, I'm gonna. I have to go buy new car seats. So I'm
2: gonna have to pony that up up front, and, and then keep the receipts and all that. And hopefully, they reimburse you. Yeah, like, no, how I've, does that not? So because this is. And then they fought with me for the first
0: day. They fought with me saying they weren't going to provide storage and I had to move all my shit myself. So we did that all yesterday. And then finally this morning when they still hadn't called me back about all my shit because the home, the homeowner insurance that wants to fix the garage wants all this shit out of here. And I've already moved the stuff that's good into the house myself. Yeah. Yeah. And the shit that's garbage to the garbage dump. And then there's a pile of shit that I should get fucking paid for. I pay these guys a bunch of money for my insurance, for my property. Yeah. There's a bunch of pile of it there that's wrecked and needs that's to be wrecked. replaced. The car
2: just trashed it.
0: Yeah. So I'm, so I'm trying to deal with my insurance company. And they're like, well, you know. So finally this morning I called and I was like, listen, man, I'm fucking sick. Of it. I pay you guys thousands of dollars a year. You haven't, you, I don't know what you're going to do, but you haven't even told me yet. I got one guy telling me to get this shit out of the garage. I don't know what to do with it. I'm not taking it in my house. I can't take it to the dump because I want to claim it. And you're going to tell me that I took it to the dump. So now I'm fucked. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. And I said, I mean, the other ironic thing is, is that fucking the media is super curious about oh. what's going on.
2: Oh yeah. I wanted to ask. So I've that. already
0: had like one guy here taking pictures and a couple people have asked me for an interview and so far I haven't given one, <laughs> but I'm getting ready. To go talk to him and give my side, because um, when I told the insurance company that, though, I said, you know what, the media is real interested in what happened at my house, and I said it's just a matter of time till I talk to him. And I said I'd really rather not be fucking pissed off at you guys. What I do, <laughs> so she was like, I get it, blah, blah blah, and then so all of a sudden, like an hour later, fucking. So at the time, they're making us deal with three different claims, people. Yeah, one for tenant and me for my truck and my wife for a car. Then like an hour later, this guy calls me back and he's like, dude, he's like, I put all your claims into one and he's like, send me a bill. I'm going to pay you 20 bucks an hour for every man hour oh worked. And as soon so as I said the news was oh, it might be involved, fucking their fucking attitudes changed completely. So, but they're still saying it's going to be on me for the deductibles and everything. Like I'm going to end up about thousands of dollars. And if you, if you add in the car. I wouldn't be surprised. This cost me six, seven grand by the time. And this is from by the time they give me a check and I go buy fucking... my wife a new car, I'm gonna have, probably have to put a few thousand dollars on top of what they've given me to get her the same value well, yeah. of car.
2: Yeah, you can't go. So it's gonna cost me that. six, I mean, seven, eight thousand dollars to some And we're saying why the fuck should we have car? to
0: pay that? So we went to the cop shop today, and it got real weird. They tried to get us to fucking. You know what? I don't want to get into all that yet. Because I'm talking to a lawyer. So I think we should save that whole side of things for a couple of weeks until I've talked to my lawyer. Because the whole cop situation here, because you know, I think the cops are in the wrong. And I think for it, chasing the guy. Yeah. And they're they're trying to tell me that for all this fucking thousands of dollars that I'm gonna be out, that oh, we're gonna add that to the restitution and that's gonna get added to buddy's charges. And I laughed at him. And it's like, well,
2: that's probably not, you're going
0: to, you're going to, you, this, this felon, you think you're going to get the 10 grand from him to give to me because you were chasing him around and we weren't chasing them. They're, they've all been real quick to tell me that they weren't chasing them. And I said, well, that's what you keep saying, but you guys were sure they're pretty quick. <laughs> and Lisa's really sticking to her guns too. She's like, I looked out my window fucking 10 seconds later and watched you tackle buddy. me. He's like, I think you guys were chasing them. So so yeah, it's gonna get interesting because we're not settling for that. We're getting our money out of fucking someone. I'm not being out well, fucking you thousands can't, yeah. of dollars I mean,
2: can't be, it's just for being in the it's wrong place at the it, wrong time in and, the wrong place. It was in forget, my driveway. You had, to, come on, you had to take time off work. I mean, a week crazy. Off work, it's crazy. All this going to cost I me mean, is just ridiculous, right? Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. I mean, that's and that's not even the podcast. That's all me personally. If the podcast has to move, that's a whole different. That's yeah, you can just yeah. add that to the whole fucking yeah, yeah. thing. And all this insurance that you pay for is just, it's fucking pathetic. Right? Yeah, it's gross. And now they're telling me that all this shit that I'm claiming, well, we're gonna, we got to add some depreciation to it.
2: And
0: yeah. It's like, what? well, so I've got to go buy a new fucking patio set. I get that I bought it five years ago and it's probably only worth 50 bucks, but I can't go buy a new fucking patio set for 50 bucks. So am I yeah. just going to be out my shit or you motherfuckers going to buy me a fucking patio set? Yeah. You know, because when I bought it, it was worth five hundred or seven hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I got the chairs still, but they're fucking useless. They don't match.
2: The tables fucking chopped in half.
0: And then even that little Dyson vacuum that we use for vacuuming the studio is fucking. It got cracked.
2: Oh man! Make sure you. you I've got everything in a pile there.
0: Oh. And then I was just that (laughs) dresser that was all full of like the kids' little knickknacks and stuff like that. Their summer toys. Got, like, flattened into a pancake. <laughs> Just, like, it landed right on top of it.
2: So, what about... I have
0: a bunch of parts, So Where's that part? What so, about the cable truck? box is fucking 50, 40 feet across the yard. It ended up in the garage, the top of the cable box. So, so I they weren't
2: it. chasing him. Yet he went through two yards, landed up in your, in our, in your garage... Yeah. And 30 seconds later, he gets tackled and they weren't chasing him? Yeah. Come on. With dogs. With dogs.
0: The dogs yeah. took him down before yeah. they tackled so the him. the
2: dogs just knew he was coming.
0: They just got so. here, let the dogs out instantly. No, they weren't sitting there with the dogs out or anything. Oh, that's just
2: gross.
0: They, they weren't running an operation that they had the dogs at the beach and this fucking blocked off. So
2: between the cops and the insurance, you're just, you're just stuck. You know?
0: What I'm guessing is buddy came flying around the corner, seen the fucking roadblock, tried to tap yeah, the brakes yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was it. Just lost all control. Yeah. And they're like, holy fuck. That cop that was here talking to me spelt my name wrong fucking five times. He was shaking so much. It was unbelievable. Now that could be adrenaline, but they were all fucking, I didn't even ask. And they're all just insanely quick to want to tell me that they weren't chasing him. Yeah, We weren't fucking chasing him. Well, every fucking newspaper and fucking news article I've seen says a high-speed pursuit ended in my fucking driveway.
2: Well, the thing is, why can't, like, what bugs me the most about that is that why can't we just be honest about stuff like that? We caught the guy, finally. He's been in, on yeah. a tear, and we chased him, and we caught him, and yeah. we'll fucking buy your shit for yeah, you. Yeah, that's just like, to me. What, what's Especially the problem with Canada, that? There's just so own much, it.
0: There's so much fucking God. money, even if it, you know, even if it was just him. That's what our justice system does for all the fucking taxes we pay and send overseas and fucking everything else. That fucking, I'm gonna be out. You know, five ten grand Unless for this, you, and then you if have they, to battle. They, and they can't sue go to the fund. And... I'm gonna to have to sue the RCMP to get or something, or sue somebody to get my fucking money. Otherwise, I'm just out with all the tax. I could see if we lived in an anarchist society where we pay way the fuck less taxes, and we. But we we fucking pay a lot of taxes here. Some of the highest in the world. So for the amount of fucking money we pay in tax, there should be some fucking money for the amount of money we're giving away to fucking people. There should be some fucking money in a fund to pay these fucking deductibles, and for there should be a crew here. I mean, like they just left the fucking front of my garage hanging off.
2: No, I mean, they just finally to, came today to, to support to, it. Yeah, up, well, I mean, it's only Tuesday. It happened Sunday. So Sunday. Monday, I live across yeah, the street from a
0: playground and a recreation center.
2: Yeah, you
0: imagine some kids are in here and this fucking thing fell on them.
2: Yeah, yeah, like,
0: and it shouldn't be the. And it's not the point of the matter is that it's not the cops or anyone that fucking is related to the cops or anyone else that's here doing it. It's my fucking insurance company's contractors. You would think when you have a police chase that fucking ends up in fucking ruin, you don't just leave the fucking car parts in the gaping hole, throw up some yellow tape, and be like, see you later. (laughs) You know? Doesn't that seem like you should be securing something or doing something?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and what's with your truck? It's still in the shop. It's quarantined. They just now or fucking right? finally
0: picked it up today.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's you not drivable. It was, I thought you said it was quarantined or something.
0: Well, there so was, the cars are wrecked. The for car sure. seats your truck, get fucking The
2: truck is probably fixable, but it's not drivable right now.
0: The truck's well, yeah, it'll get fixed. It'll probably be 10-12 grand to fix it, I'm sure. It definitely needs a door, a hood, a fender, new wheels, new steering shit, new have, bumper. Have
2: you looked into this dude at all that stole the car? No. The Mercedes?
0: No, I haven't. I haven't had time.
2: No, no, I know. I'm it's not saying been, like that. I'm just wondering if you know if, if anybody's so the excited.
0: stories are up there and everything like that. People can start looking into it if they want to. If they want so to start what, tracking it down. Just a
2: car thief? Did he have any? Does he have any like intelligence background in his I family? Don't know. Like I say, I, <laughs> I haven't
0: got into any of that yet. Right now, <laughs> He's I'm just
2: MK Ultra victim. I'm I'm <laughs> squeezing
0: some time out tonight to get some podcasts. Can we again.
2: go to court and watch this? Ha- what watch this go down?
0: I don't think he can in Canada. Remember in Canada? Well, somebody
2: like, said, Michael said we could. No,
0: he's, he don't know what he's talking about. He's American. He's American. <laughs> yeah. In Canada, <laughs> they have to draw the pictures. Remember? I was That's just looking okay, at but some you pictures. you can still
2: that, go, can't you? Or? Oh,
0: you could go and watch That's it live. That's what I'm saying. But if go watch it live. If you're not, well, no, <laughs> I thought you meant people come watch my court case.
2: No, no, watch, oh. go watch the, watch the, watch the, what is it? The, the fucking, the city That's against tomorrow. this dude. Is it? Yeah. When? I don't know. We should just fucking slide, slide in and see what happens. Get a, get a beat on this guy.
0: Head down. I don't want to get involved any more than I already <laughs> am, man. I really don't like Then it's...
2: you should stop fucking tweeting.
0: <laughs> well, right now I need them on my side. Who? The media, maybe. Maybe. They're a powerful fuck. As much as I hate the MSM, they're a pretty powerful tool if I'm going to, you know, if I start having troubles. With... As soon as I mention that to insurance, they fucking 180 so
2: and they've been they, so the media's been by the here, media a been here a couple times media's been here
0: a couple times yeah
2: you I, should bring him into the studio and say yeah we'll tri- do an interview right now buddy buddy In tried to get an interview out of me they're probably searching you now they're he probably controlling the, the show
0: oh they've seen are you, they've seen the page buddy's following us
2: oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got like 140 followers but I, I'm thinking about it. But I don't want to do anything until I talk to someone. But I'm the media seems like a powerful tool in my situation. It's a high profile. It's not thing. really
2: MSM. I mean, it's the local. It's, it's your local guy. Yeah, your local like guys.
0: The local guys. But yeah, it's still to me, it's the MSM. I mean, normally I wouldn't support them. That's why I said no to the interview when they first asked. I was like, Oh no, yeah, I got you don't even know say. what the fuck they're I gonna put to out say. there.
2: You got to be careful with that, man. They could throw a little blurb from you. I mean, you're only gonna get fucking two seconds on the news. Yeah, and it's gonna be the worst fucking two seconds of stuff you said. You look like a hit or something. The so and you CIA tried be to take me out. Exactly. <laughs> so let's be really careful about what you talk about if you're in the media. No, if I go, it's going to be
0: like when I need to, as a tool to put some pressure on other people.
2: Ah, uh, they. Be careful, man. They'll I'm not doing anything until I talk to and, someone. And they'll give you like two seconds. Well, what I'll bite. do
0: is I'll tell them we're doing it here. It'll be and we'll broadcast the thing. Like, we'll broadcast it live on YouTube. while buddy's interviewing me.
2: That's what we do. And we're we'll saying you, an an you want the fucking scoop. Pulling Alex Jones. You the scoop? This is what we said, and this is what they fucking said. That if we if you said. want the
0: scoop, it's happening in the in my studio. Yeah,
2: perfect. you can
0: have the scoop. I have so much better pictures than all oh, of them. They don't even awesome. have any pictures with any cars in it. All their pictures are just the garage with the tape up. I have like fucking 50 pictures.
2: Imagine. So say, so, yeah, you
0: come to the studio. I'll give you some pictures for your we'll little put story.
2: It on YouTube, and then you, can, we'll put and it on you YouTube, can take what you want. And you Actually,
0: can do what you want, but we'll have our version.
2: I would agree with you. That's the only way it goes down. I will, Alex, I'll, Alex Jones. Em. I'll Alex. tweet him. Not now. That's not just way not this second. Here all right well you know that's been that's been uh what else do you want to say about it anything else just really
1: uh
2: um,
0: that's about it i mean it's just know. it's been we could definitely use some good vibes over here it's been a fucking crazy week and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's gonna get you know yeah. any so, less i was trying to get to work by thursday and i don't even know if that's gonna happen
2: well you better because we need you i know there too so
0: that's the problem mm. needed everywhere right now
2: yeah <laughs> 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 so we'll reschedule Sunday's guests and uh yeah.
0: Those are going to be tough to squeeze in too. Yeah, I know. We're so fucking slammed right now.
2: So one of them's uh one of them's European can you imagine them. one we, one of them's European so the after how,
0: how the fuck we going to fit all this in when we if we have to move this motherfucker. Well, we're not. We can't. We're fucked. Yeah. It's just Luckily be. we got a
2: couple episodes. We do have a can. lot Oh, I
0: did want to give a shout out to Brent. Our buddy Brent C. I'll leave it at that from Calgary. He Facebook messaged us and he came right over. He drove like three hours back from his, uh, he was out of town for the weekend. The second he got into town, he came over and helped put up the tarps and everything. Really? Yeah. Oh,
2: that's awesome. Thanks, yeah. Brent. So
0: a big shout out to Brent uh, for that. It's awesome. Is
2: and that the guy that's been listening for a while? That, yeah, he's uh, been
0: listening since all, he used to do Homestyle Hardwood for Yeah, us. yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah right that's on. That's right.
2: Awesome.
0: So big shout out. He doesn't do that anymore though, so. I think
2: he's played t d and d guy too. They're all the woodwork.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I mean if if I mean that's another thing. If we do have to move the signal, it's gonna cost more than money. It's gonna cost fucking time. So, you know, if that happens, we probably will put the back signal out to some local listeners. Because it takes a lot of fucking manpower to move this motherfucker.
2: And a picker crane. Literally. We can't the picker can't get it from here.
0: Why why not? Because remember, we had to roll them down the we fucking driveway because of concrete, the power lines?
2: Concrete rollers. Oh, well, now
0: absolutely. we got to roll them up. <laughs> and we can't roll them up. So we have to no, carry we'll them No, We'll, at we'll a time.
2: have a pulley system or something. We'll, we'll figure, figure it
0: something. Out. Yeah. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Until we could hire dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be so bad if you could hire dudes?
2: So, yeah. So,
0: uh, oh, the insurance company did actually call me back today and said they would cover 15 grand of storage. Do you think that includes a studio space?
2: 15 grand of storage?
0: up to 50% of my policy value.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just be careful looking at that first because it'll,
0: well, right now I'm not weird. doing anything with it because I already moved all my shit into my house. Yeah. It's like, that was helpful yesterday, bro. Yeah. But who knows? Mm. Fuck those motherfuckers.
2: So anyways, I guess I'll save the emails uh, and the UFO quote and all that. And we'll move on to the next thing. We got an interview scheduled real quick here.
0: What I do. Time have UFO is it?
2: Quote. I, I could even save the UFO quote. <clears throat> It's uh, it's time.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We better just save everything and fucking get. We got. We're supposed to be live like now. <clears throat>
2: we do have a little support spiel, though. We are value for value. I had a couple emails to read about that, about people are appreciating that that we have no ads and no sponsors and nothing like that. Uh, no corporate on. overlords. No corporate overlords. We are fully listener supported, and we can't do it without you.
0: We just have listener overlords, and that's you guys. So overlord us. And we do have a black value. budget
2: feed. Actually, we're recording right now for the black budget feed. <laughs> Which will be coming out soon, I believe. I don't know. We've got a couple, couple to, to release in there, and any donation at all will get you uh, access to that.
0: That's right. Check out slash support guys. Uh, that's where all the different options are. We have, did have a couple people mention they couldn't find the one-time donation link. That is oh, yeah, right. way down at the bottom. You oh. just scroll past. And I know the contact <laughs> page is fucked. I'll fix it when I have time.
2: The Contact page? Is it or the, the contact page? page?
0: No, the support page is good. Okay. I make sure that one works. Yeah. <laughs> I think the contact page might be fucked. But I mean, y'all know Graham's email. If you can't find mine, it's not the end yeah. of the world.
2: Graham at greatamerica.com. And uh, Darren's on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And uh, yeah, email us uh, stories and feedback and all kinds of stuff. We'll all know.
0: that shit. Uh, yeah, we don't have time to do all the normal stuff. So but this is a kind of a little squeeze in so we could get you guys up to speed. We had a ton of people asking what happened. So yeah, this is easier than fucking tweeting y'all.
2: Yeah, and then we'll uh, and then we'll put out another like this is really a bonus app, and we'll put another regular one out uh this Friday. weekend probably Friday or Saturday, let's say.
0: That's right. Okay. All right guys, enjoy the chat. Shannon? Yep. Ectoplasm baby. It's a fun <laughs> one.
2: got shannon taggart here she's got an upcoming book called seance and it's like the 16 17 year long project of hers on modern spiritualism and the search for ectoplasm um she's a she's been a photographer for quite a while as well uh publications like time new york times magazine discover newsweek all that and uh, she's been using this um this talent in her search For the spiritual, so this is going to be a really interesting one. We haven't really talked about this a lot in depth, so welcome to the show, Shannon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. I I got your email. I was looking into it, and uh, yeah, we we brush on this quite a bit. I mean, we talk about you know ghosts and spirit communication and uh, and the afterlife a little bit, but it's good to talk. It's good to talk somebody that's been you know looking at this for for years. So I guess I think I mean it's probably prudent that we start with a bit of a background on how you got interested in all this stuff because um, I'd like to get some context and stuff before we talk to talk to you about the details of your of your research.
3: Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so when I was in high school, when I was about I think I was like sixteen years old, my cousin. Went to a place called Lilydale, New York, which is the world's largest spiritualist community, and she had a she got a received a message from a medium that revealed how my the story about how my grandfather really died, and um, as opposed to the story that everybody was told, and it you know my whole family was really shocked and taken aback and kind of disturbed by this, and. It always stuck with me, like how could a total stranger know something like that? I mean, it it she she received the message anonymously. It had happened 30 years prior. Um, it wasn't a secret that she had in her head, so it it kind of, you know, it wasn't couldn't have been really like pulled from her brain psychically. So I, that kind of just that mystery of that always stuck with me. And then I became a professional photographer. And I was working as a photojournalist, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll spend, maybe I'll spend like one summer doing a short little project about this quirky little town um, in upstate New York, which was actually an hour from where I grew up. That's, um, that's where it's located in the southern tier of New York State. And um, instead, I'm here, I'm at, here I am 17 years later, still kind of working on this project.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Um, it reminds me of uh, when I was about fifteen or sixteen. Actually, the, I've talked about this a little bit. We we had uh, some of the friend, my friends, and I were into some of this stuff a little bit. Actually, we were we were kind of playing around with the Ouija board a little bit in, in high school in the in the classrooms at lunchtime. And I don't think this was related to the the ghost picture we took, but we got a couple photographs of. Uh, we were in a haunted turret. Uh, my friend's house had a tower in it. And we and we took pictures. We were all in a, in a circle in the top of this tower, and, and it was supposedly haunted, and we got um, pictures back because uh, this was before digital photography. This is like 85, 86, I guess. And uh, it had a glowing orb in this guy with almost like a glowing cummerbund. There was one really outstanding picture of almost like a glowing parts of this, tux, this uh, spectral tuxedo with an orb kind of thing. And there was another Um, orb in it and then there was another picture of an orb as well and and i remember my my girlfriend's mom at the time was like you guys shouldn't go there like don't don't go there like just leave that kind of thing so but (laughs) but, you know that definitely you know triggered some interest for me and in the in the paranormal as a teenager
3: yeah wow that's i'm well it's funny because that's similar exact thing happened to me that um, kind of drew me further into the project. I started to get these weird pictures amongst my very straightforward documentary pictures, and I started to think about that and contemplate that and what are these pictures saying and are they meaningful you know as a as a professional photographer you want you don't want the picture with the glowing orb in it you know you want you want to do you want everything to be as straightforward and controlled as possible, but these certain there were certain photographic synchronicities that were kind of leaking into the project, and, and I decided to just embrace it and kind of try to play with that as much as possible. So that's one aspect of the project is me trying to play with that type of
2: photography. What were some examples of, of some of those pictures?
3: So um, like the first one, it's similar, not as dramatic as your story, but similar um, to yours. I was in the, so Lilydale, New York, you know, it's the world, I think I mentioned it's the world's largest spiritualist community. And spiritualism is actually a religion that started in upstate New York and then spread across you know, uh, United States and England and pretty much all across the Western world in the 1850s and was really popular until the 1930s. Mm -hmm. Um, But so this is the, you know, the hub of it. And I was in their museum and I was, there was a volunteer there and she was telling me all about spiritualism. And I I was, you know, because when I began the project, I knew nothing about any of this. Really. I was very new. And, So I took I think I took two rolls of film of her while I was talking with her. And when I developed the film, because I was shooting film at the time, uh, there was a huge purple orb right by her, like uh, resting on her shoulder um, in two different frames on two different rolls, but in the exact same place on her body. And I was, I had never gotten anything like that before. And I was like, wow, that's just, this is just really weird. And I printed them and I brought them back to her the next day, the next week. And I said, I I took these pictures and I got this weird purple light around you. Um, I thought you'd find it interesting. And she looked at, she took the pictures in her hands and looked at them and said, oh, that's my husband, Bob. And she was convinced that this was Bob's energy, you know, showing it, showing him through on my camera and I had never thought about photography in that way that it, it you know that the anomaly could be meaningful I mean I don't know when when you had your um, experience did you see anything with your eyes um, no
2: no I didn't right but so but, usually- but there was it was supposed to be there was supposed to be a guy that used to live in that house that was um, haunting it so it so that it, it kind of fit with the the myth of the place but I didn't see yeah. anything physically
3: Right, right, because I've heard also the big, I guess the big um, story you always hear is when people do see something, they bring up the camera, and then the camera won't work. Exactly, and
2: then you have the opposite, you know, where you don't see the orbs, and then the orbs show up on on film.
3: Yeah. Yes, yes, it seems to be how things work. Um, yeah, so I just, that was one of the first, you know, just sort of weird stories, and then, um, you know, I would be in a seance and trying to, like, eventually I started to go into seances, which is the dark rooms, you know, when they turn off the lights and they use sometimes red lights or, you know, there's a medium speaking in trance and I would go and try to make a straightforward picture. And because it's a low light situation, you know, it would be, maybe it would be a longer exposure and I'd get visuals that kind of had a synchronicity to the invisible experience that the person was telling me that they were having. And um, I just started to have more and more of these as I tried to go with it, go with it. And um, so that's definitely an element in the project. So it's a straightforward kind of documentary ethnography project, but it's also this paranormal experimentation art project as well.
2: Huh. So if somebody was having a, like, what kind of experience, like meditating on something or having a a a vision of something or maybe
3: um
2: it, well there was one
3: um like one of the first ones was this there's a we were in um uh, like a, a thursday night circle at lilydale so it was like anybody could come in and they turn off the, all the lights in the healing temple and they passed around like a red flashlight and so there's a woman who gets the red flashlight and she's meditating and everybody in the room is seeing this um an, a, a spirit next to her, right next to her face that looks like her, but it doesn't. And they're thinking maybe it's her grandmother or um, it's her in a past life or something. And I was not seeing this with my eyes, you know, I was, but everybody seemed to be clairvoyantly seeing this second face. And I had my camera on a tripod and I tried to take like a very straightforward picture of her. And when I got the film back, there was this second face, like, looked like it slid just right off of her face semi like with streams of light that seemed to attach it and it was looked like her but different it was exactly um what people were saying they were seeing clairvoyantly um but rendered by this long exposure so you know it was this um synchronicity and like a professional photographer would say oh it's just a function of your shutter long exposure but it, it was so eerily synchronistic yeah. to me I found it interesting yeah. and the people who were there say no that's proof yeah, you know, so yeah, there's yeah, all these different, yeah. um, interpretations
2: there. Is that the one on, I saw on your website? Probably.
3: There's, I think it might there, be in. Yeah. In there Lillydale. was one that
2: sounds very similar to that on your, on your website there and they Lily Dale. Yeah. The website, yeah.
3: the website's pared down. Um, but it, I usually I have of a lot of the images that I end up talking about. I, um, I have kind of sampled on the site. So I think that should be,
2: yeah. There's should be arrow, on there. There's an arrow on the top right there. Darren, yeah. So, um, that's super interesting. So, synchronistic stuff happening. and then So, were you doing the seances right off the bat there when you got into this, or did it take... Um, well, for the most part, spiritually, uh,
3: they kind of focus on the clairvoyance um, style that you see in, like, the pop shows. Like, have you ever seen the Long Island media? Uh, I've
2: uh-huh. seen, like, excerpts or something like that.
3: Yeah, where it's in their... like When they're in their... They're in white rooms and uh, it's, you know, nothing spooky. It's just people having a conversation. You know, there's very friendly and open. And that was a lot of what was going on. But then I started to find out, oh, they still, some people still did seances. And in fact, some people really, some mediums really still pursued the Victorian era techniques, which is, you know, in the dark room with the medium's cabinet and trying to produce the mysterious substance of ectoplasm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I tried to, the project ended up being trying to find um, people who were, who were redoing these Victorian era seances and, and dealing with ectoplasm
2: wow. because, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I just became fascinated with the topic.
2: So, did you did you have any before we get into more of the ectoplasm thing? Did you did you have any experiences in the seances at all that were profound as far as some sort of other communication or anything like that, or or any sightings of any spirits?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I started to just uh, get as many readings as possible. I had spiritual healings. I even took like mediumship classes, and within those situations, I had. I had a variety of experiences. I had really f- absolutely absurd, silly, hilarious experiences. Um I had experiences that were just totally just off the mark and didn't make any sense to me. And then I did have um many mysterious experiences where I did get information that I did then verify or information that I knew to be true that I knew the person giving it to me did not know. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was really a mixed bag and it still is a mixed bag of what you get in these types of situations. Um, It's not anything predictable. Hmm.
2: And then you got more interested in the ectoplasm and and did you, did you listen to like, did a lot of people have stories there of communication? I mean, I have a bunch of questions around the uh, specific sort of seances and, and, and making sure that you're not. Um, asking for the wrong communication. like, I mean, you never know what you're you're getting in a way, right? Are you getting the the person you're asking for to communicate with you, or is it something evil? like how how do how do you guys make sure that you're communicating with the right type of uh, spirit?
3: Well, yeah, that's an interesting question. So spiritualists, so spiritualism is it's kind of like um it's a very positive kind of um focusing on healing focusing on um you know the main the their main point is that they talk to the dead not for anything like no magical purposes meaning like they're not asking for anything and they're not trying to manifest um in ways that other traditions do they're trying to per, they're trying to provide healing for the living and um proof that we live after death So if you ask a spiritualist, they would say we set our intention of white light and we go into all of our, um, you know, everything that we do, whether it be a reading, a healing or a seance. We set our intentions for only the highest and the best and to talk to, you know, higher spirits or spirits of relatives. Um, But it does definitely the the Victorian seance, I think, does verge on. People might question what exactly is happening, especially with the ones where they try and do physical effects and create um, physical manifestations or make things move. Or, you know, there's um, people looking on the outside would debate that that's exactly what they're doing. Spiritualists say that because they demand the protection and their and their intention sets um, what actually goes on.
2: Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Similar to. Similar to what we do out in the field looking for UFOs. Like we put that loving intention out there uh, for out love in the and, field? Is that what and, we're calling uh, out, <laughs> out in the field? Out in the field. So you guys have code names? No, no code names, no. So um did so do people have experiences of healing and, and after death communication? After life after death, after death communication <laughs> with, uh,
3: Um Yeah, I mean I think I you know I've met A lot of people who just travel to Lilydale, because they, you know, had a loved one die and they never expected to do something like this. But they're so distraught or upset or confused or need something that nothing else can give them. So they go and visit a medium. And um, for the most part, the mediums that I have met and worked with are sincere practitioners. I know the stereotype is that it's just people looking to make money, but that's that's really not. Has been not my experience with spiritualism. Um, I've met a lot of people who've had their lives changed by readings. Um, I've had a lot of dramatic messages, but you know that you're always questioning. I'm a, I'm constantly in a state of questioning myself, and uh, the, I find the deeper I get, the more questions I have, and <laughs> the less that are answered.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what our last guest just said too. That's pretty funny. <laughs> have you had any big eureka
0: moments that you remember or jumped to mind
3: um well this is kind of well this is just like a recent one so um my mother passed away in may and um one of my closest friends is a medium and i you know i had told her obviously i had told her you know oh we're taking my mother off life support and so she said okay i'll I'll talk to you later you know i'm sending my love and so then after my mother passed, my brother and my sister said, you know, we're going to get a tattoo for mom. Like uh, my sister said, describe the one she was going to get. And then my brother described, you know, the one that he was going to get. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And I just forgot about it. And then the next morning she gave me a text and she said, you know, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but your mom came to me last night oh, and, no and, 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 she listed all the stuff that my mother told her, and the last thing she said, she goes, and then she said, she just want everyone to know no tattoos, and she laughed, and then she took off. <laughs>
2: That's hilarious.
3: <laughs> and, I mean, you know, she was in a different city. I hadn't talked to her. There was no way, you know, we were in a hospital. There was no way she could have heard that or known that, that you, know, you know what I mean?
2: Did they, so. did they listen to her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> We hear that all the time. I mean, we get people send those in all the time and call them synchros, and then I won't raid them because they're like something else. There's
2: something more personal, like about them. It's not even a
0: synchro, it's something different, I think.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my sister had one with my dad. It was more of a dream, but um, like my dad visited my sister a couple times and she went to a medium and she told myself and, and my mom, before she went, she said, I want this, this medium. And now I don't know if, what's the other word, not medium, but uh, like a psychic. I, I, I can't, sometimes I get mixed up with with them. I think they're, they are sort of different. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a medium or a psychic technically, but she went to, she said, I, I want the psychic to talk about the two times dad visited me and um, the psychic brought up like your dad's visited you twice, like specifically brought up these two visits um so then there was a couple other details that my sister <laughs> asked like told us she wanted to hear from and then they got the recording from the medium and it was like bang bang on and what my sister wanted her to talk about so or needed or needed yeah yeah yes
3: yeah. uh, yeah, so it's um it's really interesting and i've also sat in on a lot of readings and because i know so many mediums too they've also told me their personal stories so for me there's just too much there to um you know discount at yeah. the same time it, it works in a very mysterious way and I don't I, you know I understand how people can easily dismiss it because sometimes people don't get exactly what they wanted they get something different that doesn't make sense for until like three years later or, you know I mean I don't know uh, sometimes it doesn't work is exactly with everybody and so i understand how some people i and also too for the most part a lot of people just expect to go into a room and have life and death proved for them. you know like have everything proved for them in one one exact moment and if it's not then they dismiss the whole thing i've, I've encountered that quite a bit mm-hmm. but yeah but for me i've just seen too much but i've also like spent a lot more time than most people
0: yeah too. yeah gotta be able to get to the bottom of it in like two or three clicks <laughs>
2: Did you, did you, um, did you get into the history of, uh, spiritualism at all and, and how it felt like what happened to it in the 19, early 1900s? Uh,
3: yeah, actually that's the history of spiritualism is actually why my project has become such a, uh, long-term, um, you know, endeavor. Uh, What I realized or what I learned from the spiritualists when I first started uh, working in Lillydale was that there was a thing called spirit photography, you know, and I mean, I went to photo school and we studied the history pretty extensively and I had never seen or heard of this era of photography. It was kind of like an outsider moment in the history of photography. It's not in any of the textbooks that I studied from, and it's it's actually kind of recent that people are re-looking at um, the history of trying to photograph spirits and ghosts, and um, spiritualism and photography started around the same time. I mean, you have, you know, spiritualism, 1848, I think photography is like 1838, and um, you know, people were trying to photograph ghosts and spirits as as soon as they got their hands on cameras. And that's kind of because it's such a also absurd and um, bizarre history. I think it's a hard thing to for historians to address, so they just kind of kept it out. But I ended up being really inspired by the whole visual history of it. And then also the social history. I mean, um, not a lot of people know that like some of the most famous scientists who ever lived were fascinated with spiritualism no and
2: doubt. they were way more spiritual uh, than people think. I mean, they,
3: yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, all the Nobel laureates who started the society for psychical research. And, um, I think maybe for me, I, I meet a lot of people who don't know anything about this history, but you know, I, I guess if you're interested in the paranormal, you might know yeah, yeah. more about this, but, um, And then there's also like the fact that spiritualism played a huge part in, um, the birth of abstract art and, um, the history of women's rights and, you know, almost every really, a lot of interesting people throughout that era were drawn to spiritualism, played around with it, studied it, you know, and I think right now in our our time, it kind of gets lumped in with everything new age, but it's actually a very distinctive um, tradition and moment and has its own really fascinating history.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially it it saddens me that, that we, we kind of made headway I feel like back then with this kind of stuff. And then I feel like it almost got clamped down. Like now when people look like our, our, our take on what happened what what reality is right now. Like I think we're going back to what we learned a hundred and something years ago. But we're stuck in this dogmatic paradigm for a while and and people just like erase all that shit from the history books and they poo poo it like all this skepticism and uh they burn it. They just you know, it's like so it it's interesting to me what happened in the in the early nineteen hundreds before or like or like when we were know.
0: making good head wave.
2: Yeah, head head wave. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think also, too, part of the problem maybe is that it, things weren't proved um, in a way that people wanted them to be proved or, you know, they weren't they weren't be able to photograph, make photographs of spirits and they um, in a way that was convincing scientifically or and they also figured out that photography is not a scientific tool. It's a really subjective uh, medium. And also like in science, you, we know that, I mean, I think now we know, or, or at least people who are interested in these topics know that this stuff is problematic for laboratory science. You, you know, I mean, pr- proving in a way that um, it's like, it's like studying sports or emotions or it's it's more akin to that. Um, kind of a study. Well, you, like, can't, you can I,
2: never prove that it's real, right? I mean, I remember this right. from the UFOs in the 90s when I was interested in that because, you know, f- photography was kind of, I, I don't know if that was before even digital cameras probably, but, but they would say, like, you can prove one's fake. You can figure out that this photograph is fake, but you can't prove it's real. So all you can say is it doesn't seem fake, you know? Like, it's, it's not really right. scientific enough to give proof. It never
0: will be, really. Well, I was going to say the fact that you got fucking Ouija boards and Toys R Us now can't be helping. <laughs> or, or maybe it <laughs> yeah. is. That shouldn't, helping, be, you that know? shouldn't like, be allowed. Maybe no, it is. It, can't, it doesn't seem like it can be.
2: Have you heard but, yeah. those stories yeah. when I was a of people kid, trying Ouija Ouija to get rid of their Ouija boards? I mean, you, you know, you try and burn them, they show back up in your place. Like, you know, it's, you don't want to be attached to one of those things.
3: Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, the, I mean, the Ouija board actually started out as a spiritualist thing, and they've denounced it almost completely. You know, they don't want anything to do with it either. So,
2: yeah, when, 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 when did they do that? When, when, to, when Toys R Us started carrying it? Or?
3: No, I mean, the whole history of the Ouija board is really bizarre, but... Um, and there's a historian named Mitch Horowitz who um, has has written and, and talked about this. And so I'm drawing a lot of my information from remembering um, his talks. But I think it was in Ohio. Um, see, because the early spiritualists would speak to the spirits with like coded wrappings, like the first spiritualist mediums, the Fox sisters, they would talk, you know, they would wrap the, the alphabet. And so people who were experimenting with seance rooms kind of got bored with the whole like wrapping numbers to you know, decode the messages. So they started making these talking boards Ah. and um, and they were used by spiritualists early on. But then I don't know when exactly, but they started to realize like, Oh, this was now spiritualists would say, you know, you get the low, the low energy, the low spirits when you use the Ouija board. So
0: you can get a Ouija board on Amazon prime for $30 Canadian. That's like 15 bucks us. I bet. mm -hmm. There
1: has to be,
2: Oh. well i don't know i mean it's it's a tool it's a yeah it's a it's like a tool that creates a portal it's almost just the,
0: the top hit is a couple of apps for your phone ouija apps oh
2: geez that's crazy that's just so, like be... is
0: that like different is there a difference like our one of our producer here is asking if there's a difference between a real ouija board and one that you could get at amazon
3: um i mean you mean like a a. Handmade one or like a yeah or like, like
0: is genuine? Like does it like genuine, need, does like it need to be like specific
1: symbols?
0: Yeah, like is or there a way that, power. is there a way that the symbology is different, or does it need to be made in a certain way, or does it just like you can put these things on a production line that? Because I mean, really, they're just sticking stickers to cardboard, basically. That right, yeah, might be enough. Yeah, yeah that's what, it. Might be enough. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I
3: think it's your, um, I think it's more about the human's intention, you know, the human giving the energy and sending, you know, the agency to it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you might get, although, although spiritualists kind of don't recognize like magic, they don't really think like magic people who are magic practitioners say, but like a magic practitioner might say, you know, if you had an old Ouija board, that would be like a more charged object.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Cause the um, other side of it is as you know, do they make it available for 25 bucks because they want everyone to think it's a toy and does that actually take power away from it?
3: Actually the fact thinking of it as a toy would actually probably make it more effective um, there's a, a researcher named Kenneth Batchelder, and he he did a lot of studies about table tipping and um, kind of cr- trying to create physical effects. And he would say, you know, party atmosphere is where it's at. Like you get the energy going that way. So I actually think um, viewing it as a toy helps it work because um, your your mind is at play. When your mind is at play, it's sort of like you know, when you fly a kite, you run and you try to get the wind to catch it. Like, you know, you give it some action. Uh, there's those theories in psi in the study of Psy that, um, party, playful, um, laughing, singing, energy, s- s- the the playfulness kind of helps with certain types of experiences.
0: Kind of like when your brain falls into that flow state where you're just sort of Existing.
2: Yeah. So, what did you say about the difference between Ouija board and the uh, the traditional, or not the the traditional, but the like when they denounced it is because it, it it carried what heavier heavier spirits or something like that, or what did, what were you saying? The difference was I'm not I'm not certain exactly
3: when it was denounced, but now the spiritualists that I know and speak with say that. It's just it's a crutch and it's also attracts low energy. Oh, spirits, that's what it was. Yeah, you it attracts low You're supposed spirits, to raise yeah. your consciousness and kind of you do it without a device. It's,
2: yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a shortcut for them. It's like psychedelics for us in a way. It's like they they can just instead of working with the medium and tapping away at the at the code, you're just going through the the board. It's like the lazy it's the lazy spirit route. Right.
3: But uh, Yeah. But at the same time, there's this whole other movement within, it's kind of on the fringes. It's not all spiritualists do it, but it's called Instrumental Transcommunication. And so that's like, you know, EVP and um, Mm -hmm. using cameras and video Mm -hmm. and uh, orb photography. And so it's it's weird because that kind of is a...
2: Another way like that? Another...
3: Tool. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're using technology in combination with mediumistic practices to kind of extend the senses or create, um, you know, create evidence or stuff that can be analyzed. And um, I don't know, spiritualism has always been deeply tied with technology. Uh, they they've always there's always been this interplay between spiritualism and technology. And I guess the, the Ouija board, it could be seen as a type of technology. And, um, but for some reason it's it's denounced, but other, other techniques are not.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I mean, I feel like that's, that's a bit different than the, the, uh, you know, the, the orb photography or the Frank's box type stuff or whatever. I, well, I don't know. That, so that is would be every something orb that? something
0: or some orbs? Better than others are all orbs equal. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, well, because like, I got a buddy Scoob. Scoob used to be really oh, into taking fright. orb pictures, and I'm just wondering like, because he used to get them all the time, and he used to hang out with that one lady that and they like, go he used hunting. to be like, it's fucking uncanny. She just pulls over and she's like, take a picture right there and then they'd get the picture yeah and my orbs.
2: friend had the orbs come after him and you know uh, what the one he was... him, follow him after his uh yeah, the his one sweat he lodge. Mentioned... and he videotaped them and everything and they were flying
0: around his room yeah the one he mentioned was by like a high traffic intersection so it made me wonder you know if it's if it's spiritual energy maybe it's because there's a lot of car accidents
3: yeah I mean like you, like you just said about the one woman it's uncanny like that is the most interesting thing about the orb Phenomena or the study of it, uh, it's not whether it's dust or water or like it's an artifact of the camera. It's when people try to interact with the orbs and have them, you know, appear in patterns or zoom in and find, um, you know, faces. Or, you know, I've seen people say, okay, I'm going to get orbs here and they'll start off with one orb and then they'll just try to concentrate and ask for more. And then by the end of the photo series, the room full of orbs in the picture so it's it's playing with the, or consciousness uh, inviting them or, or trying to manipulate the orbs through the camera that that aspect that synchronicity that play is the most interesting aspect i think yeah. for sure
2: Totally. So I to I've, we, I just you, met oh, here a guy. We go with the I just UFOs. no 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 no. I just <laughs> met a guy who was at Eastetti Ranch. Oh no 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 <laughs> no. And, and he was, and he was his, with his wife, and his wife he was, his wife was kind of skeptical about all this. And he went out into the field of dreams, I think it's called, where there's all of these orbs. And he started. He says, "Look, they like, and this is what what you're talking about, Shannon. They they like it when you dance around. So he would start dancing around, and his his wife was watching through, I think she was taking pictures or no, she was videotaping. Maybe I can't remember if or it was just plain sight. And the orb started, he started attracting all the orbs and then one stuck on his shoulder and stayed there. And that convinced her that like, holy shit, like that was the key that watching an orb stay on his shoulder while he was dancing around this field did it for her.
3: Yeah, that's it. Um, and for me, I mean, I have a, I have a similar orb story. Well, I usually don't get orbs and um my husband is a professional photographer also and he seems to think that you're more apt to get orbs if you have a, a smaller digital camera with a smaller chip. And you know I'm working with a, a large professional camera so it has a large digital chip. And so but I have gotten them but rarely. Mm. And I went I went to Sardinia for a conference and there was orb photographers there. And I, they said, okay, um, we're going to go and try to photograph orbs. And I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to try, but I'm not going to get um, any orbs. I, I don't think I will. And they said, well, if you come in the mountains with us and we say our prayers, you will get orbs. And I, I went to the mountains with And then I, I took a picture. Did I just? Are you okay? Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, I took a picture website i think and i'll get i'll send it as well it's orbs upon orbs upon orbs upon orbs in this image it's every single inch of this image is orbs Wow! file you can just zoom in and it's just orbs upon orbs upon orbs and there, it wasn't raining and there wasn't dust any noticeable dust any anymore so there wasn't anything visual that i noticed that made the scene any different so i really don't know what happened <laughs> i just know that I just know that they prayed for the orbs, and then I photographed,
2: yeah, this. that's a crazy story. see so I love praying's it. the same as meditating well, no, no. meditating could be listening and praying could be, you know talking or asking, right? so it's, well, they're very a similar,
0: I think. They're the same state. One's sending and one's receiving. Kinda, still yeah. a telephone <laughs> so <laughs> so if you can meditate UFOs, maybe the UFOs are just all orbs.
2: What, what are fun, the I mean, orbs? No, some people say that. I mean, that's we see lots of lights and stuff. So I mean I, yes they could be orbs that are powering up, or who knows? I mean powering like, up. Yeah, like light, you know, lighting themselves oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's a, there's a there's a definite crossover between spirits, orbs, and ufos for sure.
3: Oh yeah. And I should say in Sardinia they have a huge um UFO. Uh, like stories of UFOs, um, people interested in them, and we did see a couple of really strange flying objects that night too. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was weird, but I, I do think they're interrelated, and I think spirit mediums also. It's, it's kind of this, you know, it's this liminality, like crossing over.
2: Um, I think it's all, all related. Can you mention? Can you talk about those sightings then? Just. People, people um, want to hear it now that you mentioned it. We, we have listeners. Um, listeners always email us in their sightings. Orbs, and stuff, are big so too. orbs are a big one. Yeah.
3: Oh, well, we were focusing on the orbs, and we were in, um, I think it's Seven Sisters Mountain in Sardinia. And Sardinia is actually one of the oldest, um, like some of the oldest civilizations throughout history began there. Where, I don't know Where exactly. is that again? It's um, an island off of of the coast of Italy. Oh, okay. um, it's like Southern it, it's um, Sardinia. And then there's the French, the top of it's um, where Napoleon was born. I'm drawing a blank on what it, uh, anyway, the the bottom part is now Italy, but um, we were in, uh, in these mountains, there was like Stonehenge type rock formations that uh, nobody knows exactly what they mean or what, what they're from. But, and And some of the people in Sardinia, I think they have one of the largest um, populations of people over 100 years old in the mountains, too. And uh, I was told by the Sardinians that um, there's been many, 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 many UFO stories and sightings throughout all of their history. And like is that that group
2: of people that are rh
0: Sardinian. negative i
2: wonder they have different blood type than than everybody
0: i think i've seen them on the doc that documentary happy or whatever the blue are those the, the blue, people the that blue like zones. In the do blue they like zones. feed their dead to those birds
3: um i'm not sure i know they live in the mountain region of sardinia
0: yeah i thought i seen a special on them they live up in those mountains and then they yeah. have like there's no way to
2: no, that's not them. I don't think that's not them they They just socialize a lot. I bet if they live to a hundred, they're very social. I bet you they have lots of friends and lots of loved ones um
3: I think it's i I don't know i th- I think the whole area though is really has a fascinating history, and I know that um u f o s are a big part of what they the people I've met there were
2: interested in <laughs> What's the uh, so so? To finish your uh, sighting then. Your the, the craft, yeah.
3: So we were. They had the all these um, big, uh, you know, these rock formations, and so what the. The people from Sardinia, there was a medium there who was visiting from England and they were they were having him go near the rocks and, and tell he was trying to like channel visions of the past to kind of decode these rocks. And so he would go near a rock and tell a story like what he was seeing. And then we'd all be taking pictures to see if we got orbs. And um about I don't know, I think maybe an hour into our hike and it was at night and it was dark and I was getting random orb pictures. And, uh, I, I did get a lot of compelling art pictures actually during this time, but there was two or three moments when something flew overhead and it was, I, I don't know how to, just, it was just flying lights in the sky. I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't see like a huge craft or anything, but right, it was, right. it was pretty, um, it seemed to be, uh, it was just strange that it happened and then the the people I was with were like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well we see the UFOs here too all the time. And then they started praying for the UFOs and then nothing else happened. Though.
2: So. Yeah. So, but you get, it's, fun, it's funny. Eh? Cause when you say light, lights in the sky, people could scoff, but I mean, I've seen them too and they're not planes. You can tell they're not planes, you know? Not,
3: yeah. It yeah. was very, yeah. Um, and it was fleeting. So it was, and
0: yeah. Orbs. Awesome. Maybe it's all orbs. <laughs>
2: What are the orbs, though? Well, there's, there's a lot of people say they're spirits, right? They're they're uh, asking you. they're okay. Well, <laughs> Shannon, what, are, what are the orbs?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no. Some people say they're spirits. Some people say they're energy. Some people, well, you know, I I took an orb class this oh, awesome summer, oh. and the teacher um, at Lilydale, she's been teaching the class I think for 15 years, and she had some crazy examples and there's one i asked actually asked her if i could use it so i'll i'll send it to you it's um a woman was sitting thinking of her friend who had died that day or it was, and so
2: she,
3: um and got an orb that looks exactly like a picture that she had of no him no
2: way that's crazy
3: yeah and it really really does look like him um yeah it's pretty
2: um, yes, yeah, in that for sure. I'll we'll have it, that. We'll now, in I'll the video, see. Yeah. So
0: when you hear stories like that, it's pretty hard to think of them as not being spirits. But then when I hear some just being in some field off McKnight Boulevard in Calgary, you know, would they just be hanging around there, or is that so? There's different levels of orbs.
3: Um, I don't know. Some people think of them as mandalas, so they zoom into them to see the patterns and kind of use them as a meditation tool. Um, other i don't know it depends on the person really like it's it's so subjective it's so i i mean i think orbs can be different things to different people at different times i mean i i i think the main thing is it's consciousness interaction and interacting
2: yeah
3: in some way with something else
2: and yeah They. they we had that guy on darren that did, did the re- research on the orange orbs and he was saying that they're a lot Terry of Ray. yeah Terry Ray, and that they're um they're, uh, disguising craft. It's like a, it's like a cloaking device for a craft. So there's that whole theory as well.
0: Just a bunch of little mini crafts here, like batteries not included.
2: Yeah. That's fucked
0: up. So does, so is your main business then must be seances like people. That must be the main thing is people contacting the dead. I think actually my aunt and my, my cousin did that. Um, Shortly after my cousin passed away,
2: oh, and it was
0: like, you know, who else? They went and seen. I forget who it is, but they went and seen one of the guys in like uh, uh, some place in Vegas, I think, in like an auditorium setting. And it like it was super, Bashar, huh? super profound. Really, some yeah. of the stuff like they picked. I think you pay extra money or something to get picked out, or I don't know how it works. Well, that sounds. Like Jay. I guess, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> they got selected or whatever, and I guess everything that they said to them just fit with, yeah. Like it was a big changer for them for sure. Yeah. They're like all in now on the
2: afterlife for sure. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of times too. You'll see those shows, and everyone says, "Oh, it's just edited." um, together, you know, I mean, like I'm thinking John Edwards show, I don't know if you've seen that crossing over the, like I said earlier, the long Island medium, but I, I, I actually realized sometimes you see a message and it looks totally meaningless to you, but you have no idea what's going on in the person's like, you have no idea what kind of information they have and what, what is actually happening. Um, unless they te- tell you after, you know, it can look, what, what I'm saying is it can look really pointless and stupid and not meaningful, but it actually, um, uh, a lot of times it, it can be like, it could seem vague, I guess is what I'm saying. I learned, I learned early on to not judge other people's readings by watching it, you
2: know. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So is there, is there a, a, a difference between original photography and digital
3: Um, no, I mean, for me, digital frees me up to do more, you know, you don't have to change the role and, um, you know, I I can actually shoot more and experiment more and get the lighting right. (laughs) Um, because, you know, with film, you can't peek at it, but I I mean, I've gotten results with film and with digital. I think it's just a tool, um, I think there's plus and minuses for, for both of them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Cause if it's, a, if it's a, if it's a digital universe, then you might have better luck with a digital camera.
2: <laughs> yeah. If it's a digital um, universe, it might not matter how, but you if it's
0: not, if it's not even, you know, there's no way to know if you, I guess it because you're not taking an equal amount you're probably taking way more pictures with your digital. So there's no way to tell for sure if there's a, a change in uh, the rate of occurrence.
3: Right. And um, yeah, but the, and there's also that romantic kind of view of like film being this like analog substance that you have to activate, you know, I'm, you know, like with, um, you know, cause you're actually using a material that has to be activated. Uh, rather than, you know, a chip. I guess, you know, some people think film is more uh, more interesting to be using because of that. Hmm. Oh, um, yeah, I
2: get that, yeah.
0: Literally steals your soul. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so let's get into the ectoplasm a little bit. So for people that okay. don't know, that that's actually like not just from Ghostbusters, but they've been talking about ectoplasm for a while. Is there... Is there like a history of people c- citing, uh, seeing that as well and photographing that? And, and how did you get involved at in trying to hunt that down?
3: Yeah, um, the ectoplasm is a very bizarre topic. I, I first, you know, became aware of it or interested in it because I started see you know, they, they started telling me about the spirit photography history. And I found the early pictures of the, the mediums who were producing ectoplasm. And if you've never seen these images before, I think there's some of the most um, absurd and strange and uniquely disturbing pictures within the history of photography. You know, you have women literally sewn into body bags with like, white oozing white substance oozing out of their orifices or half naked or um you know totally i mean they're they're really wild and and the substance looks like cheesecloth or or you know the sometimes smoke, it looks like or? smoke sometimes it looks like blankets sometimes it looks like it's got a a two-dimensional picture stuck within it i mean they're really really bizarre pictures really bizarre and um, you know streaming out of their nose or ears and there were male mediums too there there's a lot you can find a lot of pictures of male mediums too with ectoplasm streaming out and i wanted to know um what ectoplasm was because even though uh, and the seances that i was attending i you know i wasn't seeing ectoplasm but the spiritualists i was meeting uh, they believed in the reality of ectoplasm. So I had to totally research this and um, figure out what the heck was going on with ectoplasm. Um, and so ectoplasm is a, it's a substance. It's actually named by Charles Roche, who's a Nobel laureate in medicine. I think he coined the term um, in the late eighteen nineties, after they were studying the medium, Eusebia Palladino, and she used to have this like um this hand that creeped out that was very creepy. And there was a lot of talk about the ether, like the spiritual ether. So they supposed that maybe this hand was being produced by this substance called ectoplasm, which means outside formed. So for spiritualists, ectoplasm is, is a material like it's a it's a paradoxical substance it's something that's spiritual and material at the same time you know it bridges the it bridges life and death it mm. bridges the material the material and the spiritual realms and um so it's like a substance of life and they often kind of compare it to like semen or you know vomit or menstruation or it's supposed to smell like um Smell like these bodily other substances, and um, you know, they early on they talked about the um, birth of ectoplasm, and then compared it to like childbirth. And you know, there were uh, it was very dramatic. A lot of mediums would convulse while they produced it. So it's just it's this, this very bizarre topic, <laughs> and it's also like the images are so ridiculous. Like they look so over the top, over the top, and. F- phony but at the same time spooky and at the same time there's just something about them that is just really I don't know uniquely shocking I think.
2: Is it mainly photographed from a live person or is it seen by the naked eye in in live and dead people or what's the gist of how it's mainly spotted?
3: Well I mean when you read the initial like you know Riche has and you know this is a Nobel laureate in medicine Uh, he's describing ectoplasmus at, at this steam that slowly builds and like morphs into a form and then seemingly comes to life and creeps out of the medium's body out into the floor and like can move and touch you. And he seems completely convinced in some of his accounts um, that this was a real thing. And then you have the pictures, which you know, the, the reality or the visual of the pictures actually goes against many of these, these reports. I mean, there's, if you go back and read like the, the early reports of the ectoplasm, it's just, you know, seeing the two side by reading that and then seeing the pictures, it just doesn't compute. Um, and so then I think as the pictures started to be early ectoplasm pictures, like 1910 and, you know, it ectoplasm then started to appear in other seance rooms. It was kind of like, you know, the pictures kind of create the phenomena. And, you know, a parapsychologist might say, you know, the problem with ectoplasm is you don't have cross cultural evidence. You know, where is it in other cultures? And then, you know, I've heard people argue that there is ectoplasm that's called it's used by the the shamans where they use their, their own phlegm to kind of do healing. And there's also like the argument that maybe ectoplasm like the images is kind of like serves the purposes as um certain paintings did for catholic saints where they used it as a, like a point of focus to, in order to do the feet if i'm making sense Yep. i don't know uh, um Ooh,
0: the feet Ooh, i want to come yeah. back to that make sure i don't forget okay
2: that's super interesting was i mean, at the end. so eh? so, so and then, so what What about recent, like recent times in ectoplasm? I mean, th- did some of these mediums that you know, have they experienced it themselves or did it sort of disappear in the earlier decades?
3: Um, a lot of mediums told me they did experience, experience it themselves. Um, I started to go into as many situations as possible where people told me ectoplasm was going to appear. Early on, I realized that ectoplasm was a fluid term and that you know, you could go to a seance, say, with a medium and they would say, oh, ectoplasm is going to do something here. And you realize they're talking about an invisible ectoplasm that, you know, maybe creates hypnotic effects or changes in temperature or these subjective kind of sensory um, effects. And then I met, I finally did meet some mediums where it's like, no, they really were talking about like the white streams that you see in the vintage images. And it's actually becoming... It, for a long time, I, I couldn't find it. And that's a lot of spiritualists denounced ectoplasm. You know, I mean, there's many accounts. I don't know. There's a book, too. One of my favorite examples of this is this book called The Psychic Mafia that came out in 77. Um, this medium, Lamar Keene, like, it talks about how they were all faking ectoplasm at the spiritualist camp and how they got busted. And, um, you know, spiritualists said, why do we need this? You know, it's just it just causes people you know, it's just, it's ripe for fraud.
2: It's another, yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. So, so there's two, two um kind of ways of thinking about it within spiritualism. There's spiritualists who like, no, the way forward is the clairvoyant mediumship. You know, the mediumship you do in a white room. We don't need any of this dark room stuff that's backwards. That's the old way. And then you have the other people who are trying to bring all these practices back and saying, no, this has been part of spiritualism since the beginning. And it's, it actually we need to be doing this and this is um another aspect of our our belief to create this physical link between um life and death and that's what we should be focusing on it's actually there's a there's a movement within spiritualism called the new age of physical mediumship and it's very controversial um it really divides the
2: spiritualists that still exist
3: um i think in their opinions
2: Wow, it's Come like up. everything, every movement is getting divided. Every, you know, thing is getting divided. I mean, whatever yeah, community country, it is, the, it's yeah, like, world, it's, you know,
0: psychic I mean, in
2: some ways, maybe people are gathering what they're like minds, and it's good that you have people focusing on different things. I mean, I could see the ectoplasm thing being an important part of it. I mean, well, I, I was thinking about how we can change water with emotions. Maybe, maybe like that's a way that. Things are communicating through steam, like, you know, steam, thick steam or something. Like, it's just another form of water or something. That all so uh, the negativity in there. Well, it could be the positivity, maybe. The
0: positivity comes out of your mouth looking like that? <laughs> I don't think so. Um. Well, but you touched on feet, because you hear those old stories about people putting potatoes on their feet. And, like, if you do that overnight and sleep when you wake up... <laughs> Everyone's shaking their heads at me. <laughs> and when you wake up in the morning the potatoes are like black and gross and like and Graham, you have that it's like little a foot. Device detox. That you put I was your thinking maybe that's ectoplasm. Yeah. Is that some sort of rudimentary ectoplasm that, you know, people who aren't the spawn of Satan, we just have a little bit in us? Or you know, like, I don't know. It's, but it seems as when you said feet, it made me think of those people seem to be able to do these crazy detoxes through the bottom of their feet sucking things out
1: mm, I don't, i've never i've never heard of a potato thing that's
0: i think it's potatoes yeah it. <laughs> oh it might be onions yeah it could be onions but it's something you put on your feet and then like graham's got this machine that you put your feet in and like within like a minute when you turn it on you the water well it takes a couple disgusting takes a couple no it takes wow. a couple minutes. And your feet are like clean going into it, you know what I mean. So it seems like it's doing something.
2: Yeah, it's pulling out some stuff, like like a lot of gross stuff, which could be considered. Looks like, well, it's not as it's usually different colors, so it's hard to compare it to ectoplasm. But look, when I started typing potatoes on, it said feet when sick. Oh, okay, so it's so it's not a spiritualism thing. It's a it's a uh an old healing ritual form type thing. Well, what's the difference? Oh, well, there's some overlap probably, but maybe they're not using potatoes when they've got spirits.
0: Potatoes well, it's a they physical
2: do. detox. But maybe ectoplasm
0: yeah, makes you sick.
3: They say ectoplasm is for healing, that it brings about healing. Usually, I mean, that's a I, it depends also too. This is a term that you could ask 10 people about ectoplasm and 10 people might give you a different kind of interpretation or rules for ectoplasm. You know, it's said to be light sensitive and that, you know, you can't photograph it, but yet the early pictures are like blasted with light, you know, or that you can kill a medium if you, if you, you know, touch them with ectoplasm. Um, if you turn on the lights, you can kill the medium. I don't know. Ectoplasm is, it's just really such a, such a wild topic.
2: What does, what does Dan Aykroyd say about it?
3: Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, well, I don't know. I'm, well, yeah, he's, well, he's, I'm so thankful that he used the term in Ghostbusters. Cause that's usually where I can, when people haven't heard it, I could say, you know, the movie Ghostbusters, but yeah, he is a spiritualist. He's a fourth generation spiritualist. So I think he believes in the reality of ectoplasm. Um, I know he's interested in it. He knows the whole history of spirit photography, um, he thinks, you know, he thinks some of the images are fake and some of them are real. I think yeah. we talked, he and I talked a little bit about that. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's going to do the forward for my book. <laughs> nice. I don't, I yeah, I, uh, um, I don't, I don't know him very well, but we've ha- been able to have a few, uh, I've asked him a few things and he's always been really helpful.
0: I've been trying to get on the show for like two years, but he never responds. Oh, really?
3: <laughs>
0: that's so
2: funny because I just... Next time you listen- talk to him,
0: put in a good word for us. Tell him we're good guys. <laughs> I,
2: li- I, listened to a, yeah, I listened to a UFO researcher, too. It was a Walter Bosley that we just had on that, that bumped into Ackroyd, and they chatted a little bit about UFOs. I think it was him. I, or who else was it? Yeah, it's pretty funny because he's into that, too. That's awesome. And yeah, Canadian no, just, boy. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah, yeah that's he's, right. Yeah. He's such a great guy. He really
3: is.
0: Oh, uh, what's um, the other two are going up north to Edmonton here right away? Um Bob and Doug? Yeah, no, no, just just Bob, I think Bob and shit. It might be Dan Aykroyd,
2: Bob McKenzie and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, is Dan going to be Doug? And they're doing Bob and Doug? No, again they're or not something? doing Bob and no. Doug.
0: It's just random.
2: Yeah. Have you heard of them, Shannon, at all? Um, Bob they're ho- and- Bob and Doug McKenzie. They're ho- Canadian, Canadian. Oh, yeah, old. yeah,
3: yeah the wait
2: no yeah. maybe i maybe not it's probably a good thing yeah it's probably a good thing yeah <laughs> they made a movie about- yeah exactly they made a movie about beer and, and oh, yeah and no. they talk oh, like yeah, a couple the- talk like a couple uh stoner canadians we've been oh yeah no
3: no no i totally know what's the movie um strange
2: brew, strange brew. yes yeah. of course yes yes good old classic <laughs> canadian yeah Great movie. Uh, <laughs> so have you found have you found it like so where are you at with the ectoplasm thing then have you have you satisfied your search or um
3: okay so on my on my site so there's basically i have two little photo essays going about ectoplasm and one is with um there's mediums who i meet who say that they're they're using ectoplasm, but the ectoplasm is invisible. And um, I actually have uh, two weird stories with which one, the same medium. His name is Gordon Garforth, and he is in England. And he told me when I first met him, you know, I use ectoplasm and it changes the shape of my hands and my face. And um, when I first meet him, I'm pretty skeptical, like that I'm ever going to see something like this from him. Because uh, what I was encountering mostly was that people tell me ectoplasm was gonna change something and it was a very subjective experience and people in the room were seeing it and I wasn't so um so I said okay well I'll bring my camera and I'll try to you know photograph you and so the first thing we went into a red light seance and it was a dark room tiny red light on I was sitting in the front row I was about six feet away from him and his wife, you know, he goes into a trance and it's 20 minutes in and his wife, who's like kind of the master of ceremonies or, you know, his guides, his seances says, okay, Gordon's going to work with the ectoplasm now and it's going to change his hands. And so he's wearing a short sleeved shirt and he took his hand and he stuck it out and he moved it in front of his body. And this hand just looked like it effortlessly skipped into like a gigantic hand and it was the most magical thing i have ever seen it was crazy i don't know how he did it uh i actually screamed when this happened and like it's a very like you're totally not supposed to do that in a seance. it's so rude And I rude and then yeah yeah you're really not it's really bad and um because you know you can get the medium out of a trance if you do something like that so
0: and you could break so the cord. You could put him in real danger, couldn't you?
3: Yes. So I, I was really, I was really a jerk for screaming, but I was so, I mean, I was really, really shocked by this. And then everybody else in the room started screaming too. And I couldn't tell if they were screaming because I was screaming or were they screaming because they saw this big hand and then he pulled the hand back and it was gone. And I was convinced that I hypnotically rendered this hand because it was like a low light situation and I was told I was gonna see a hand and I was certain that I would see the images on my camera and there'd be a small hand, um, but I saw so this him with this gigantic, gigantic hand and um, it looked different in the picture than it did with my eyes, but and, you know, a lot of people say it looks like a glove or a prosthetic. Um, but it it definitely was not that. Some people have said it's probably an optical illusion with a light. I mean, when I saw it happen, it was if it was a magic trick, it was like David Copperfield elegant magic trick. It was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and I, like you know that the, the photo mysterious. Like you have to decide for yourself as a viewer what happened. So that that happened with Gordon. But then the other thing that happened was weirder, um, and I know I have this one on my site. Uh, so he went into like, um, a trance, an impromptu trance. So we were in like, um, we were in a sanctuary and the only thing, the only light there was, was like this tiny green security light. And he went into a trance and, and I started taking pictures and they're really long exposures because it was like this huge room lit by this tiny green light. And he said, you know, ectoplasm changes his face. So I took these pictures of him and of course they're long exposures, but in a lot of them he looked really different. Like he looked like different people, right? And so I showed him these images and there was one picture of him where he had like this tiny mustache and I actually thought it looked a little bit like Hitler. So I was like like really creeped out by it and I didn't want to show it to him. I was like, I can't show him this picture. But I ended up showing it to him because I, it would look, it was part of it. And, um, he's like, Oh, that picture. I love that picture. And I was like, really, and I couldn't get, it. I was like, why does he like this picture where he sort of, he looks really scary. He sort of looks like Hitler. And, um, then he took me to his house and he showed me a picture of his great grandfather. And I swear it looks exactly like him wow. in the picture. Wow. Um, That's- So I I usually pair them up on my website and um, he doesn't wear glasses and he doesn't have a mustache. It's just like a weird, you know, and I understand it's a long exposure, (laughs) Um, but it's just, it's very bizarre when you see them together. It's a very bizarre photographic synchronicity. And that was explained to me as, okay, that's ectoplasm. Or some people say it's photoplasm when it's ectoplasm that only works with the photograph. You know, I mean, it depends again on the person you're talking to, but so. There's that type of ectoplasm, and then there is the literal ectoplasm that you see, that everybody in the room sees as white streams. And I've also been working with mediums who use that type as well, and that's different. That's that's have definitely you, different.
2: Have you seen any of that at all?
3: Yeah, there's um the most famous and controversial medium right now is a man named Kai Moogie and he's a german medium and uh, actually the society for psychical researcher research you know their magazine has recently had like he's been on two the topic of two big debates on their cover and um you know people are studying him and trying to see if he's real or or not um and he is producing you know images that are like when you're in his seance it looks exactly like i mean the feeling i can only describe it as like it feels like the vintage images are coming to life right before your eyes. I mean, it's like they even like correspond and and kind of resemble famous spirit photos you know so a lot of people are debating you know is he a shaman just putting forth visuals is he is this literal ectoplasm and he's really a spiritualist is he a magician is he a showman is he a fake is he is he real you know all of these questions are now you know being debated again it's kind of like the same conversation is now happening around this german medium named kai mugi
2: have you met him before are you going to
3: yeah. Yeah. I've been photographing him. And as far as I know, I'm the only, I'm the only documentarian he's allowed to photograph him. And there are people he, you know, he photographs his seances himself, or he has like people sitters, you know, do the pictures and then he approves them. Um, but as I'm the only ethnographer documentarian who's been allowed to photograph him, wow. uh, there, there's a filmmaker. He did let film some of it. Um, but, uh, but he never, he hasn't put anything out yet. So, um, but as far as I know, I'm the only person working with him right now. Mm. And I just went to Basel, Switzerland, because he's been going to Basel, Switzerland a lot, a place called Basler Sai. Um, and he goes there, I think it's every two months and it's mostly the same group of people. And he's doing these and now he's doing full manifestations, which hasn't happened in spiritualism in like 30 years, which means like, you know, it's like a spirit walking around the room or that's how he's presenting it as. And um, it's just really wild that it's, it's really these, it seems like a lost practice that's now happening again through his mediumship.
2: Nice. Wow. So So, are you going to continue working on that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm supposed to go. Yeah. I'm pursuing it. This is, I'm trying to tie the project together, but the ectoplasm has gotten just too interesting. (laughs) So yeah, I'm, I've been doc- I've been documenting the Kai chi seances.
2: Hmm. That's super interesting. So before we before we start wrapping it up, is there something that um, that uh, you want to mention before we uh, before we let you go? Like uh, how how people can help support your work and uh, other stuff you want to mention? Bef- you know that we might have glossed over.
3: Um, sure. I, well, I have a website. It's my name, shannontaggart.com, T-A-G-G-A-R-T, yep. and everything about the project is there, including, um, you know, the book. my book is on uh, pre-sale right now, and um, my campaign's about half-funded, and if you purchase the book by, via the pre-sale, you know, you have your name Written in as a pat- as a patron, and you get updates. And uh, the forward will be written by Dan Aykroyd, and um, so a lot of other great people writing essays to um, the artist Tony Ousler, um, Eric Davis, the cultural critic, uh, Constance Dejong, the art- artist, and there's possibly might be some another essay or two. But um, and I'll have some historical images. I'm going to really frame the project with some of this weird history, and I I see my project is very much um a project about spiritualism, but also a next chapter on this bizarre practice of photographing spiritualism. And, um, my own experiments will be in there and it's a lot of, um, it's going to be like 350 pages of full color. So
2: nice. Well, that's good. I'm going to, I'm going to subscribe from, from Graham here and we'll, we'll get a book for the studio for sure. We'll we'll pledge, we'll pledge something. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's really important work right now, especially, I don't know, I feel like it's opening up again and it's good to have somebody like yourself sort of, um, carrying the flag. Thank you.
3: And thanks for having such an open forum to talk about it. Like it's great to be able to, um, discuss all of these themes in one podcast.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) No problem. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks thanks. for coming on and uh, keep in touch and let us know how 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 it all works out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank
2: you very much. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. Take take care, Sean. Ciao for okay. now. Bye. Okay. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: Now was our chat with Shannon Taggart. What do you think, buddy? That was great.
2: That was yeah. awesome. I'm inspired by orbs now. And, uh, ectoplasm
0: is and... gross. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah some
2: crazy pictures. <laughs> yeah, check out her site for sure. There's lots of stuff on there, and I, I'm inspired by that. Yeah, that's good.
0: I think X. There's something going on with the feet. I'm telling you, yeah. So check out Shannon's website. Uh, pre-buy the book. Grandma'll have all the link in the show notes. The links, huh? Yeah, in the show notes. To all the
2: stuff we talked about as well. Like Unless I'll put forgets. some of that other stuff in there, and and yeah, our book. There'll be some stuff in and there, and and then I think we'll put some put some of our pictures in the in the video and put it on YouTube for people to see as well.
0: Hopefully, we'll Hopefully. see what happens. Yeah. Last time it took fine. me a couple of
2: months. I did that once, took yeah. me a couple months. One
0: time, Graham took that on, and it never actually really happened. It did
2: happen. Not what do you mean? Really. It was oh super
0: shitty. Come it's, on.
2: Looking at right now, there's all kinds of images on there. It's yeah, no. it's beautiful. It's. It,
0: it's beautiful. It
2: was with uh, what's her name? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> no, no, no. Was, uh, this
0: this was with Carmen uh, Bolter, the the matriarch. Carmen Bolter. Yeah. Carmen Bolter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just. It took three months, and it was No, just, two months. It was bad.
2: No, it wasn't. At what do you mean? Our, didn't, you haven't our, even watched it. As uh, if you would even our, watch our, it. Our video, I spliced all the pictures in there, and it worked out. Our video
0: filming fucking skills were very rudimentary at the time, <laughs> and Graham's editing skills were even more rudimentary, if you can believe it. But we'll see. I think this one will turn out much better. We got some video rocking. We got some better cameras. We got some expertise. Yeah, it'll be good. Big thanks for listening, guys. Do check out gramericaca slash support. And those are kinda of all the different options there. Sign up for one of those, a monthly, a weekly, or a yearly. Sign up for a Patreon, whatever uh, fills your boots, as they say. But that's uh, the 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 support that kinda of helps us be able to do these ventures with video and try and do you know, try and grow a little bit. Try yeah, and man, to we that. can't
2: do it without the support. We can't do it without the support. We're shooting for what, three percent eventually, four percent? Yeah. We got like one percent. We haven't
0: sp- quite got one percent yet, but we'll get there. So do check out gramerica.ta slash support, guys. Sign up for a monthly today. Uh, If you can't afford to support the show financially right now, check out the show notes. There's a list of like five things to do. Review the show, newsletter, do all that shit. And, you know, uh, you're helping out. You really are. Spam the show. Send in your synchros and stuff like that. That all helps out too. Yeah. I mean, the newsletter subscription, I think, is like, the newsletter subscription is about the same rate as the support. Yeah. To so sign up for the newsletter, too, motherfuckers, Gramerica.ca slash news. I think that's about it. You got anything
2: else? Yeah. Email, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff.
0: All that stuff is in the show notes. Yeah. Look graham. at the show notes.
2: Graham's dooby dooby doo list.
0: Graham's honey doobie 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 doo do list. Spam them at, at com. I think that's about it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
1: Oh, if you could touch infinity, I think that your hand would fall. In a divinity I think you'd come back in a flash With stories to tell Coming out of your turtle shell To tell us of heaven and hell Oh and everything in between Oh and everything in between